Welcome to the European Hockey Podcast. In conversation with the biggest names in sport, generating insight and engagement around coaching, officiating, and playing hockey. Uh, Robin Roach, welcome to the European Hockey Podcast, the first episode of 2022. Um, a very indoor themed podcast, but some outdoor golden nuggets, I'm sure. So we're excited to hear you speak. One of the busiest people that we we know in Europe, traveling between countries for different jobs. Um, maybe give us a bit of an insight to where are you now, where have you come from, and what's some cool stuff that you're up to? Yeah, cool stuff. That's the right point. Um, yeah, I'm Robin. Um, living in Germany, uh, working in, in Frankfurt and also working for the Austrian Federation as a head coach for the senior men team and for the under 21. Um, now we are pretty busy with the indoor season. So we are playing now the Bundesliga, the first Bundesliga. I'm also in charge for the first uh, senior men team in Frankfurt. We are playing in the first Bundesliga in the South, uh, Southern division. Uh, we are now, I think, a third. So we are doing a pretty good job. Um, we will finish the season uh, by the next weekend, more or less. We have one uh, match to play or two matches to play next year, right before the European Cup starts. And that's also, of course, um, one a huge point for the next year, the European Cup indoor and the World Cup indoor. Um, European Indoor Cup in Hamburg. Um, so it's something special also for me. Um, also to facing my old squad from the Netherlands. So I'm uh, really exciting with my new squad from Austria facing uh, the Netherlands, of course, my hometown and uh, my homeland, Germany. So yeah, I'm pretty exciting and uh, totally motivated. Well, maybe you're living the dream and, and I'm not living the dream. <laughs> you're the one that's there. Um, when, we, when I say indoor, what comes to mind straight away? For me, for indoor, um, yet really is really really is speed of course speed is i think the, the first uh, come up to my mind uh, technique and also the technical side of indoor um, you see you have you have to to deal with the small spaces um, you have to deal with uh, that each mistake will be punished so if you play on the highest level normally you make one mistake and it's direct uh, an attack of your opponent uh, means penalty corner or, or goal against. Um, so you have also to deal with the mental side. Um, you have to be aware the whole time to to stay in the in the in the game to, to stay also the, the whole time focused. Um, so this is uh, the first impression comes up to my head if I'm thinking about indoor. So it's really an interesting, uh, really speedful game. Mm. And maybe we know the answer to this and, and you're German, so you, you probably have a lot of similarities between I, I coach outdoor, but I coach indoor as well. But what are the differences and maybe challenges for, for you as a coach from, okay, last week we were outdoor season and two weeks, three weeks time, we, we go and play indoor. What's the challenges on you as a coach uh, and those differences? Uh, differences, I think, is um, in decision-making direct at the pitch because the match can change in, in seconds, um, really in seconds. Uh, that's a little bit different to outdoor. 
So normally you, you have a normal result outdoor, so 1-0, 2-2, whatever, um, in a normal match. Um, and then you have time also to think about offense, defense, and so on and so on. But uh, in indoor, it can change in seconds. So you are two, two goals up, and uh, two minutes later, you are two goals down. And so you have really to make a, a quick decisions off the pitch and, of course, the players on the pitch. Um, and I tried to coach um, really together with the, with the players, so for the benefit of the players. So this is the similarity. Um, and for me, I'm used to, to do it because I'm now 50 years old. I'm coaching 35 years, I think. Um, and we have our, our season here in Germany or in the middle of Europe. It's a little bit divided in two parts. So one part is outdoor and the other part is indoor. So and, and, and by that, it's also one small side aspect. But for me as a coach, and um, I'm looking for each of my player, really personal and really deep, means also I have an outdoor squad with 22 people, something like that for a man uh, outdoor team and i have to go indoor and i have just to 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 go indoor with 12 so i have to divide the team um, so i have also to take care about the other 10 or 12 uh, players mean people mean men mean um yeah also to train them to coach them to to, to guide them to to help them to support them um so i think this side aspect is i, I think also a very important aspect and in that rich experience of 35 years, are there some, some big kind of stone moments that really think, okay, that was a big learning moment for me, or that was an experience that I've kept hold of to, to 2022, to where you are now? Mm, not, a, not really a key moment. I, I can tell you, of course, hours and hours about stories, about matches, about people, about whatever. Uh, I think um, what direct come up to my head is uh, I think the way of coaching changed in the last couple of years. Um, I'm involved in the EHF program with the TCP. I'm a mentor um, and an educator for the EHF uh, and also for the FIH. I do some uh, courses for them. Um, and I, I love to do these, these job as an educator as, and as a mentor. And so I, I'm, I'm learning by myself all the time. And one of the key learnings, I think, that during the last yeah, 10 years, 15 years, um, the idea to, to be more player concerned instead of uh, coach concerned, may I say this, I think that really um, has a massive impact on my coaching, also on the, on the way I'm, I'm coaching. I had all the time in my head to to have the match and to to, to learn to play with the, with two to play means it's really really um, based on how we can play on the pitch means also with my training so I'm, I'm looking at the at the previous matches I see some ideas for the training matches so it's really uh, the really idea to play a lot but on the other hand side it's more how I deal with the people. And you say kind of you've become a little bit more maybe player player centered rather than always worrying about you as a coach. Do you see a difference in the generation of player now coming through compared to 10, 20 years ago? 
Yeah, for sure. But but on the other hand side, I was privileged to 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 have a, also in my my early years to 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 have players like, uh, for example, Andreas Keller in Berlin, um, in in Mönchengladbach uh, with Florian Kunz, he was player of the year two thousand and two, with Mickey Hilger as one of the greatest strikers ever in Germany. Um, they were very, very interested in the game. They have such a lot of knowledge and such a lot of power and such a lot of also uh, hockey capacity, uh, which I, in the former days, I, I tried to, 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 to use them also by, by, leading, by, leading the, by leading the team. But it was more coach-centered. That means also my behavior outside of the pitch was much more, my coaching was much more um, try to win, win, win. Uh, on the one hand side, but on the other hand side, during my whole life, um, maybe I'm really an expert in that, to develop also young players. So um, for me, it's also the development and uh, also uh, this part of the game, uh, maybe even more important than just by winning. But I'm also eager and very competitive. And of course, I would like also to, to win matches. So to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but not for myself not even not for myself of course yeah but but uh, for for the whole project because i think it's if you if you're in, in on the journey you have the destination and okay of course you will do everything to 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 reach your destination and can you share a few examples of what that development may look like in terms of if a coach is in that performance environment and they say okay we we want to develop what would be some examples to help them or the team develop? Well, a good example, I think it's the Dutch indoor team. Well, we started in the in the B division in Europe uh, with some fantastic players like uh, Robert Tichus and Tön Rohoff or Laurens Rudrebüren. Uh, really, really strong persons uh, with the, with a strong uh, belief to. To be part in that journey, um, and we develop a culture all, over the years. That, that means, how do we develop the culture? Uh, I think it was leading by examples. How we uh, we are committed to each other. How we trust each other. How we believe also in each other. Um, and so we, we we build a team, and we build also friendship, and that holds also now for years. And I think uh, that I think that would also. Uh, last forever so um, I think that I think it's the fundamental fundament, fundamental um, that you find your culture inside your team and then you can um, find also your yeah, I, I mentioned destination but I, I mean more aims and more also points in our development and in our process so so we are more focused on the process instead of just more or less winning a prize. So it was also the kind and the way we are playing and who we are in, instead of what, what can we win also. In talking on culture, how does it feel to be a, a German going to coach a Dutch team? You know, you come from one culture going into another culture. What, what did you do to prepare yourself and maybe what shocked you or what surprised you when you got there or yeah that's kind of first experience of coaching from one country and then going into another hockey capital yeah there, there are 
differences, uh, but, but I think these um, variety of, of differences, and uh, I think that is really, really useful and makes the whole project even more rich. Also with the Austrian team, uh, I'm not with Austrian, we played some matches together. It's, it's really interesting with the people now from Austria. They are more in the south of Europe, um, it's not to compare really to German, but it's, it's, it's really, really interesting how to, to bring that together and to bring the good things to, together, the, the good parts of the people together and make the whole thing even better. So I think it's not really an, like an, an recipe, how you can use it and you have to use this and that and that. I think it's dealing with the people, um, learning, learning their ideas, learning their the personality, learning their um, beliefs um, and bring that together and bring the right people in the right time and the right spot. Uh, I think that that's also very, very important that everyone feels themselves um, is, is in, a, in a good mood, um, that also builds trust and that also gives us the freedom also to perform and also to have the freedom in your team to, to develop and to, do, to, to invest also in yourself. So I think that is uh, uh, one of, of the key points uh, which came up to my head if I think about these really uh, different cultures. And in a more hockey, just looking at indoor, some would say that the Germans would, would be very quite structured in their approach and maybe the Dutch a little bit more freedom and uh, a bit more flow in, in chaotic kind of uh, scenarios. What, what did that look like and feel like from going from Germany to Holland? That's a really good question, but this is a really good question because that makes my, my point I just mentioned uh, maybe a little bit more clear. I, I listened to Max Kaldas, he was the former coach of the Dutch team, and it's okay, here with our team, um, the best idea uh, wins. So he is talking with the players and the best idea wins. In Germany, I may say, we have, of course, a good structure and a, a good... Uh, yeah, good stru structure. And if you bring the, the German, my German side of playing more structural and bring the idea, the, the best idea win together, that is very, um, how do you say? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good point. So excuse my English, but, but I think it's, it's clear if you bring both strong points together, you, you are even stronger. And you have on both sides, you, you have to trust each other that both things have a good part on this. So I, I give them the freedom to play in a, in a less structured way. But on the other hand, that then they, 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 they have to have the structure in their mind. Because also, I think if you have no structure, you will not be create, you cannot be create, creative. So I think you, you have to, to use your structure and from this structure, you can develop your uh, creativity. That's also with, with, the, with the Austrian team. It's uh, also a good example. They are really good structures. They have a really good plan. They have a good, uh, also a good hierarchy in, in, inside the team, but they have players uh, like um, Michi Körper, for example, or Benny Stanzel, they are uh, outstanding. They are outstanding indoor player and they 
they have the creativity and also the skills to break the structure. But I think we need the structure to be creative. Which leads me on to my next question of, I'm sure many coaches would have experienced the maverick player that maybe doesn't play within that structure. The coach, uh, the coach has said, this is what we're going to do. Robin has said, this is the structure. And then there's that one player that does what he wants or does what she wants. How do you deal with that maverick player that kind of is maybe outside of the box or a little bit more solo within that team environment? Yeah, 20 years ago, uh, more coach centered. I think the answer is very clear. Um, but nowadays, uh, we make the plan together. So I bring some video evidence. Um, I bring my knowledge. I bring my ideas towards the team. We discuss the, the ideas. We make the plan together. And, and if this Maverick player uh, is also part of this uh, plan, um, if he is, is doing an extraordinary job, uh, doing something really different, um, I think the, the group is strong enough to deal with that. Um, what could not happen that he is, um, or she um, is, um, how may I say, betray the culture. So if he's, for example, not doing his tackle back because he's thinking he's, he's standing above the team, for example, or he's blaming the referee, and we will not play uh, we will play with respect, for example. So, um, or he's scoring a goal with the foot, and the referee is asking him, "Yeah, what's this foot?" And he is lying. So, such such points which will betray our culture that I cannot stand, and I think that cannot also stand the the group. So, I think that there have to be some sanctions on that, and then I'm not sure it's, it's up to the level he is doing different. Um, but yeah, again, if you go to the development point I, uh, I um, mentioned earlier, I think we, we need these Mavericks, we, we need these players with this game intelligence to do it different. So we have to give them the freedom. But again, also with the foundation of a good culture, of a good DNA of a team, and uh, of course, in a, in a sort of structure, otherwise we, you will end in a chaos. Uh, and I suppose the my point of view, but that makes sense. <laughs> absolutely, and I suppose the important thing you mentioned there is that if the players are part of deciding what the culture looks and feels like, and then they go and break that culture, they're a lot more, you'd like to think a lot more aware, and the remaining players are maybe supportive of you as the coach, but also that action that goes against that player as well. Yeah, correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, what challenges you as a coach? What kind of gets Robin Robin Roach's heart rate to the max on the on the sideline or in the training session or even in a, a meeting or a culture? What really kind of challenges you as a coach? Wow, <laughs> a really good question. I'm, I'm not quite sure uh, what I could answer. Um, I, I'm 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 not. I'm, I'm, each training for me is challenging. And even if I'm, I'm coach young kids, so this is also challenging. So I, I love my coaching, my work and my, my to, to, to coach the people. So it, it's not, it's, I'm all the time really challenged by that. 
I'm also challenged, of course, by by uh, being very competitive. I, I like to win. I like to 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 be a little bit better than with my team, not myself. Um, to 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 support the team a little bit more, to give a little bit extra. That is, I think, the challenge. And also to to, to find some points for the people, for the players, which are. Um, are useful for them, so they I, I try to, to to give them also my energy. So, um, who, who which player needs which energy, which which also which um, how does a channel of communication? What can I bring my ideas to him, and how can I bring the the, the training, the coaching to him? So this is challenging to to find the the channel to reach the player. I think that's the most challenging part. Yeah. And do you find it challenging when you maybe see other coaches, maybe particularly in the youth, that don't have this player-centered approach? You know, you're very much about supporting the players and development whilst looking at the, the result. Does it challenge you and make you think about others as well? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's also caring for others, yeah. Awesome. And if we were to come and watch a training session, what would it look like, do you think? If we rocked up to the Austrian indoor training session next week, what would we see? What would we feel? I hope you feel the energy and uh, the determination to, to, to be one of the strongest team in indoor. Um, what you can see, I think, uh, a lot of action, a lot of uh, playing matches, playing uh, some game scenarios. Uh, what you can see is, I think, hard work, um, because I am also a strong believer that you have to be good prepared to, to be successful. So you will see um, some uh, maybe work pieces I already done for the Austrian team for a good training session. So um, I think the preparation shall be also key but inside these um, prepared training session of course there's a lot of freedom uh, a lot of discussion a lot of reviews and a lot of talks and a lot of uh, yeah uh, making some appointments about how we will deal with this or with that situation so you will see a lot of also talks i can imagine you're short the sort talks, of short points but yeah really focused and i can imagine you're the sort of person that would spend a good length of time preparing a, a training session probably longer than the actual training session itself and what would that that process look like for you are you somebody that gets your laptop out are you pen and paper what's some kind of core ingredients for you when you go and plan your sessions uh, a pencil and a paper yes i'm a old old school guy um, i have of course some several um drawing drawing um how do you say apps which i'm using but i'm just using these apps for sharing my training sessions uh, beforehand towards the players so it makes makes it even uh, more um, visible um, also with some uh, video clips and something like that 
but it's uh, it's a paper and a pencil more more or less beside the video screen uh, because I try to to bring the game action in a training situation and try to deal that in a, in a sort of game game based scenario. So um, we try to to deal with that. So I think that is are the main ingredients of the of the of my training planning. Beside that, that of course I will see also how we can, um, yeah, how we act on the pitch. It's also how how our habits are during the training. How what I already mentioned. I hope we are we will see an Austria team like uh, our vision, um, determined, um, focused, motivated, and and so on and so on, disciplined. We had uh, it's key also in indoor. If you if you if you're not disciplined in indoor, yeah, I think uh, you will be undernumbered by the referee, and then you have a problem. Especially if you have uh, just uh, matches with two times, the four times ten. Excuse me. Um, so we had uh, we had Quan Brown on the podcast, um, a coach that loves his indoor and. We're talking about when we have game scenarios of just how long we'd play a game for in training. You know, so we may play lots of shorter, sharper games because that's what indoor would be like in the final two minutes of a game. Or what's some insight into when you're planning a game scenario in terms of how would you design that? What would you look at? Um, some ingredients within that. I already mentioned uh, the competitive part uh, inside the, the game planning. So for me, it's, I think it's not I think I, I have all the time uh, a game uh, how to say time, you keep all the time all the time you keep the time so it's, it's clear for them you have to score in in the next two minutes or you have to defend uh, you have different also how do you say constraints uh, which you can bring in um, and we are all the time really competing against each other that means also um, what I mentioned in the beginning, there's one mistake uh, that offers the opponent a huge chance and uh, that can also um, decide the match. So I think you have also to focus on these small details and especially uh, with these um, transition moments, especially we train a lot of with these transition moments also, beside the fact with the, with the time, of course. And can you let us into a few secrets in terms of maybe some rules or constraints that you would put into those games? It's more. It's more of the time. It's uh, really just normal constraints like uh, less or less space, less time, more numbers. Um, we play all sometimes also with seven against seven or five against seven or uh, four against seven, something like that. How, how they to deal then with with a zonal defense, for example, in, in an under number situation. So uh, more about more more of these things, and and of course also with the rules that can change from one second to the diff, to the next. I'm I'm not a referee. Uh, my my son is one of the most talented referees I ever met, so he knows a lot much more about referee than myself. But um, I know. There are different points of view during such a match, so the, the the referee can also have a different view. So sometimes we use also that that the referee is 
just um, whistling in, in the wrong direction. So I have also to deal with that, to find, uh, to, to, do, to deal with the decision, to, to stay focused in the match, uh, to be disciplined, to go back in your defensive uh, structure or in your defensive role and um, yeah, to, to defend uh, yeah, the goal together as, as, a, as a squad. So that means also you have to deal also with the constraints by maybe using the rules a little bit different. Mm. I mean, a question I'd like to ask is like, when are you at your best or what did it look like? So when you were with the Dutch and you were successful, what did that indoor look like to be successful? What separated you and your unique selling point, I suppose, compared to other countries? Uh, again, I think that the point of, of, of working together working together as 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 one squad just this is really very general but you can feel it um if you have this trust and, is, and everybody is, is giving everything towards the team it will create an atmosphere um in 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 which you have really trust that you you can reach everything and of course you you, you have your technique and tactics and, and physical aspect, mental side, and so on and so on. You, you need all that. But beside that, I think if you are a squad, if you are really, really a team, which is really more determined to, to win that particular match or this final, I think you feel the atmosphere. I, I think someone is calling us, you are in a flow. And this is really, I think, the difference. And you, 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 you. If you, if all of them have really the the strongest wish to win the match, I think that that gives also the the trust and the power for the the whole team to compete against each other. You can of course discuss because on the other hand side, you have this and another team with the same attitudes, um, but especially that these these competitive both teams against each other really really everyone would like to win the match. I think then the team which will really believe more in themselves will win the prize. So that, that is one of my, my learnings. Sometimes it's not, not, not right what I'm saying because I follow a lot of matches in the past. Of course, sometimes maybe the weaker team win. Uh, means less chances, less penalty corners, less uh, ball possession, less and so on and so on. But on the other hand side, you can also maybe underline the point. Even you are less in everything, you are stronger in, in the mentality, and you can win the match. And you make a point there that I just picked up on. You said players believe in themselves, and I think it's probably credit to you as well as a coach because you believe in the players. And I don't think players can believe in themselves if the coach doesn't believe in the players that they've selected as well. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. So it's also by selection moment. Um, it's, it's, I think, also key for the for the success of the team. That was I'm I already said. It's it's like in an orchestra. Um, I'm standing for the orchestra, and I have to listen to each of each of the the, the musicians, and to bring everyone in the right spot in the in the right position that he's or she is feeling, uh, yeah, comfortable and good and also bring in towards the whole um, orchestra um, their best. So that it sounds good, 
that everyone is really enjoying the music they are making. Um, and of course, everyone has to, back to your Maverick, everyone have really to, to, to play this, his or her role inside this orchestra. Otherwise, it will not sound good. And you're the conductor of that orchestra. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I miss the word conductor. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, just to wrap up, I suppose, is where can we or where can people get more indoor into their program? Because I think I look at Australia, you know, you speak to Jamie Dwyer and when they won the Olympic gold medal, they, Rick Charlesworth was doing it one indoor session a week, at least throughout that whole period. So it's not always necessarily in the winter months as well but even for those smaller countries where and how can they get more indoor into their programs i think it's really useful the indoor project for each country um, really useful it's it's very easy if you are privileged to have an indoor venue but even if you have not the budget for building a venue or you know, do you not even have an indoor, you can use the boards and you can uh, make the, the, the spaces even, even smaller. That means if you are a privilege and you have these indoor halls, you, you can also, the point of coaching, you are standing direct in the middle of the indoor venue and you can speak with everyone. You are surrounded um, in, a, in a safe surrounding and with these safe surroundings, you can, you, you are, really close towards the people the ball is is lighter um, it's, it's not so heavy the sticks are even even it's not so heavy the floor is normally um, very um, clear and that means it's you have to deal really with the technique but on the other hand side um, you have to deal also to playing together as a team because if you are really normal defend in indoor you will see there are not really a lot of spaces. So you also can try to bring your principles as a coach, maybe playing the 2v1 or playing towards the free spaces and stuff like that. You can really use that for the development of the players. And I think that that is, is very, very important for this development of, of the players and also important for a project if you're doing it a lot on the longer term. We did it in the in the Dutch in the Netherlands uh, with the Dutch team, so it was part of their development for the senior for the senior squad. So the, they have to run through these. Also, not everyone, but a lot of them to run to 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 bring the technical and the technical and for and of course the mental um, experience uh, towards the outdoor team, um, because also the mental side is I think very important. If you are losing the ball as an attacker, for example, in the D of the opponent, you have uh, 80 meters to um, yeah, to win the ball back. In indoor, you have just 12 meters to win the ball back. So uh, I think uh, you have to, to, to know this and you have to, to learn this and to have to deal with these um, yeah, with, with this, this part of the match. No? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I suppose just to close from, from us as the EHF, you know, I think it's so valuable to hear this conversation. It's interesting that we probably didn't talk about hockey much and the consistent theme was the people and the person behind every player, um, which is credit to you and the successes that you've had as well. And 
and hopefully a message that the coaches listening and organisations listening that you know there is a person behind the player um, and we need to support those players as well or support those people sorry yeah sure absolutely yeah awesome and um, what's next on the agenda what's uh, what's coming up in the next couple of months kind of january onwards first of all we have to 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 with frankfurt my uh, home my home town team here in frankfurt we have to win two matches so we we finish the the season strong and then uh, i will travel to vienna uh, during Christmas and New Year's Day for uh, preparing the European Cup. We'll then play the Bundesliga matches and the European Cup in, I think, middle of January. So in Hamburg. So pretty excited. Robin, thanks incredibly for your time because I know you're <laughs> in sessions and countries and uh, various different things. So incredibly grateful for, yeah, for you guys for being accommodating. Yes, you're welcome, of course. Thank you for listening to the European Hockey Podcast in conversation with the biggest names in sport.